0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top of Danny Ings, he's in the box, oh, to his left, foot, oh, brilliant! Oh, it's a fantastic goal from Danny Ings! He's done it again! Here
2: comes Warren Brown! Oh.
0: for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin the Moscow Mush Milverton and Ray Hunt Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter In That Number podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you'd be bothered, send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a 5 star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe and give us good vibes. Let's go!
2: here, and it's the man who provides
3: that spark, that little bit of X-factor. This is Armstrong. Oh, Romeo! What a blinding finish, that is! Absolutely spectacular! Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 88, WBA Confidential. Um, today, we will be discussing the 2-0 home victory over West Brom. Uh, with Tim Bysance and we'll look ahead to Chelsea after the international break. Uh, we have Mikey from the, the brilliant At The Bridge part to help us prepare for this daunting trip to Stamford Bridge. Uh, we also have our player and goal of the month for September to announce. But before that, the main man himself, my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton. Right, Kevin?
1: I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog faced buffoon.
0: Yeah, thank you, you fucking dotard. <laughs> dotard? <laughs> dotard. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, ha- How have you been
3: this week, Kevin?
0: Yeah, all right, in the thick of it. Um, it's going to get even tastier next week and the week after because they've extended uh, the school holidays for two weeks, so that makes me extra busy, which is um, which is good. Is that,
3: is that good? Yeah, I was going to say, that's good though, isn't it? Yeah, sure, I
0: suppose so. I went to the cinema yesterday and watched the new Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. Have you seen oh, it? Oh yeah, how was it? Um, It's quite a heavy and intense dose of what the fuck.
3: Oh, yeah you would expect nothing now I mean if, did you watch inception?
0: I saw inception and I pretty I followed that like to a reasonable degree and interstellar as well. I really enjoyed that I thought that was that was fascinating um, but yeah, I mean about two thirds of the way through, I just gave up trying to follow it <laughs> no, so I, I am-
3: te- I am tempted to go and see it you know with, with, with time and stuff, but I can't go and watch it at World cinemas
0: anymore no, no. it's pirate. Huh?
3: Yeah, we promote that on this show.
0: <laughs> wow, well, um, movie
3: business is in trouble, but yeah, just keep just keep pirating. It's fine. Everything, everything will sort itself out. Sure. Oh, um,
0: Christopher Nolan's not in the out pocket. That's
3: true. Um, Kevin West Brom, then um, much better, much better again. Happy, happy, happy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Crisis averted. Um, I think if we'd have asked, would six points be good? haul going to the international break? I'd say it would be adequate. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and especially the position in the table right now. I, I'd agree. Tenth. Yeah, it's
0: nice. It's nice.
3: Okay. Um, ITN news then.
0: This is ITN in that number news.
3: Okay, I want to start off this week with uh, Guido Corrigio having his contract terminated um, terminated uh, terminated yeah um surprised by this kev i mean uh, it's no surprise that he's no place in this team anymore but i mean couldn't we have seen this a little bit earlier i mean did did we really expect some poor team to cough up after these loan spells and it it just seems really really hard to believe that we forked out nearly 20 million quid for him
0: yeah his contract should have been terminated before it had been signed to be honest
3: (laughs) i mean he has to be considered the the biggest flop in the club's history, and I am including Ali Deere. In Ali that. Deer, yeah, no easily.
0: Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, Ali Deer, I'm pretty sure didn't cost us much at all. Nothing. Uh, it was a loan <laughs> deal, wasn't it? It was a trial,
3: and it didn't work. And yeah, mm. I, I don't know why Graham Sooness is not not coughing flat for that. Still, I, he, he should be. Yeah, every single day. International call ups, then uh, seven Saints getting the call from their nations: Stuart Armstrong, Scotland; Yannick Vestergaard, of Denmark; Shane Long, Republic of Ireland. Uh, Jan Bednarek, Poland Musa Gineppo for Mali and of course Danny Ings and James Will Prowse retain their England places let's hope he can uh, ruffle some more penalty spots next week Um, England face Belgium on the 11th and Denmark on the 14th but first that friendly against Wales next Thursday the 8th maybe a good chance for Danny and Prowse both to get in on some action
0: Yes, Scotland have got uh, Euro 20 what are we going to call it now? 2020, 2021 I don't know. Euro 2021, yeah. The fucking Euros. Yeah, the playoffs (laughs) against Israel on Thursday, and then they've got Nation Leeds. Nation Leeds? Nation leads. Nation Leeds. Uh, Yeah, they're playing Yorkshire and uh, (coughs) Lincolnshire. No. (coughs) (coughs) Um, Then they've got Nations League matches against Slovakia and the Czech Republic. Hopefully, Shane Long will feature for Ireland. Uh, They've got a playoff also against Slovakia, that hopefully could take them through to the Euros, please. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then they've got even more Nations League matches against Wales at home and Finland away. Mm-hmm. And Vestergaard probably will feature for the Faroes in that friendly match next week, uh, before Nations League matches away to Iceland and England and. Bednarik could feature either in a friendly against Finland or the Nations League matches against Italy and Bosnia and Herzegovina and Genefo. They've got Mali, uh, have got friendlies against Ghana and Iran, which I'm sure will be thrilling.
3: Mm, good work, Kev.
0: Southampton
3: mm. B, they played at Spurs Saturday afternoon and another cruel loss, I'm afraid to say, 2 1. Uh, the winner coming seven minutes from time. Bright spark though, Josh Sims rounding the keeper for our goal. They currently sit eighth in the table, Premier League two out of thirteen. Um, so they've won one, drawn one, and lost two now.
0: That one draw was against West Ham in the interim, um, and and Lundaloo, managed to score a brace in that match. It's a two-two yep. draw. Um,
3: the Everton game has been moved from Saturday the 24th of October to Sunday the 25th at 2 p.m tv purposes that'll be shown on sky sports fuckers
0: yes (laughs) the cunts why do they keep doing this to us (laughs) i don't know i don't know um kevin is there any more news from you yeah i mean just the fans that bought uh the ld sports uh shirts on pre-order they'll get a free replacement shirts whenever the fuck they're going to be made available so I'll end up with two shirts for the price of one. Yep, eBay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'd think i keep that LD Sports one. It's a bit of a rarity, isn't it?
3: No, not really, because every fucker bought one. You just won't be
0: able to buy it again, that's all.
3: I, d- I don't know. I don't
0: think that many people bought it.
3: Okay, Kev, do you want to jump on my transfer roundabout? Do
0: <laughs> Do I? <laughs>
3: about then um just a little update on ibrahim sangara his psv move apparently kevin we missed out on this due to work permit issues and yeah adam blackmore uh, gave us the update on that not us personally but yeah
0: not this time anyway no not, no no
3: um last week we reported that uh, Hoop medical was cancelled by lazio we just said there were problems there and we didn't know why um apparently it's because. Wow, I mean, they're in a similar position to where we are, and they have, they have been told they need to sell players before they can bring anybody in, um, but we expect the deal is going to go through before the Monday deadline, so all good news. Um, incoming to Kev, the big one, it's it's here, Ibrahim Diallo from Brest. It's um, official. It is official now, yeah. Uh, reports mm. are, you know, that he had agreed to join. Um, it was a fee of £12 million, all been agreed. It's all done. Ralph even announced it in his post-match interview as well. We're just waiting for... Is it, have they officially announced it on the website
0: yet? Uh, no, I was... Yeah, they'd like to make a bit of fanfare, don't they, and have the social media teams do their usual job. But um, yeah, Ralph just <laughs> low-key mentioned it in yeah, the passing asked, when they asked yeah. him. So yeah, how's it going with uh, with Diana? Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's here. It's, 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 it's done. It, <laughs> I think
3: His is, is officer, PR officer in the background just getting "No, like, you can't say that, Ralph. Um, oh, fucking
0: hell. Like, just... <laughs> Two more hours and we'd had that
3: now. <laughs> um, Kevin, what we should do, we should make a bet on what shirt number he's going to take, because at the moment we've got 13, 15, 16 and 21 available. Or do you think he'll go somewhere in the 30s?
0: 21 sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm
3: going I'm to go 13. He's going to take the unlucky
0: 13. Oh, OK. Maybe he's not superstitious.
3: Yeah, I don't think he will be. I'd take 30.
0: All right. I'll, be, I'll, I'll take a bet on that one.
3: Yeah, what are you going for? 21. Okay, cool. Um, and Ralph has always said that he we would like more. Um, not sure what will happen now with the imminent arrival of, of Diallo, but
0: um, he sounded quite sure that there'd be another signing before the transfer window out. So I'm expecting did. two announcements.
3: I hope so. A bit, I mean, you know what it's going to be. It's not going to be. It's going to be very, very low-key. One of them's going to be alone. And th- there is still interest around uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and we are still yeah. favourites to land him. However, I'm not convinced. I just think his wage is going to be too high. Um, there's Liverpool's Marco Grugic, which is on the table. Yeah. I don't I don't like that, to be honest. Um, just because so, he's from Liverpool. No, I just don't. I mean, what's he done? Do you know anything about him, really?
0: No. Not, no I, mean, I, I, I just not know anything about that youngster that Sheffield United had signed for ridiculous millions.
3: Mm, oh, um, Brewster. Brewster, yeah. Yeah, that was a stupid. Strange one. But he said that's the going rate of a teenager these days, but is I don't it? know. Uh, p- apparently so. Um, and I've heard Arsenal's Reese Nelson is another one, but, um, and also a possibility of getting Theo Walcott back on a loan deal. Yeah, right? I heard that and it made me laugh out loud. Yeah, four clubs interested, um, but you'd think he'd favour us over all of those. I mean, Crystal Palace were one of them. Um, Does he he still have a place in our team, though? Do you think he could fit in somewhere?
0: No, I mean, any of the Everton teams that he's played in he hasn't really fitted in that much. He's got a few, hasn't he? But again, I think it's the same as Ruben Lothick's cheek. You've got to look at the money you spend and the player you get, and I don't think it's good value. I mean, the romance of it in returning to Mm. Samson after all these years would be great. But I just, yeah... Too old.
3: Sorry. So Theo Walcott taking the number 16 shot then.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yes, done. Uh, um, any more incomings from you?
0: Yeah. Um, there's uh, there's a couple of rumours um, knocking around as well. Um, Olivia and Cham, that's not going away anytime soon, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Sessignon, uh, Yeah, That one
3: seems to have died though. I can't find any any more n- fresh info on that. One.
0: We're not going to be dealing with Daniel Levy and Spurs another time, I think, most. Mm-hmm. Too traumatic. Um, although young uh, midfielder from uh, Hellen Veen, mm-hmm, Joey, Joey Fairman. Yes, that one? seems
3: to have uh, gone as well.
0: Really? I mean, I only heard that one this, what, last week.
3: Yeah, that was in in the week. It was like, yes, this is this is close to it. And again, I don't know anything about
0: him. Yeah, 21 year old. Well. A couple of decent yeah. seasons, 23 appearances, four goals from central mids. I don't know, I think it sounds a bit a bit weak. But, all, you know, I would have said the same about Diallo until we... Yeah, <laughs> but now,
3: now, now we're in love with Diallo because... Oh,
0: God, he's the best player. Than, I've, yeah. Dream signing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and in terms of outgoings, a, a few clubs are still interested in Sophie and Buffa, Nothing concrete still. Um, but I, I do think this one is going to happen on deadline day. I think we have to be prepared for him to be out the door now. Um, Corrigio, too. I think he's going to be gone. Um, we already mentioned that Hoot, you know, that's, that's going. Um, Angus Gunn, loan move is expected to happen. Leeds still favourites. Um, Stoke, shown interest, but only if Jack Butland is able to find a move. Um, Kev, I think it's going to be a busy transfer window for us. I think it's going to be the busiest for a while because we've got lots of outgoings to, to, to deal with and hopefully, you know... If, if you're feeling confident what, 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 with how Ralph handled that interview, we've got some more
0: income in so, um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they better, better have bought extra fax machines. Yes,
3: yeah. I mean, Ralph has said as well that, you know, there's a lot of players that will become available in this window and he won't be away from his phone. So that, that's, that's really good. That's really, um,
0: I'm really pleased with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's for Buffon. I mean, I, I've heard about Olympiacos, Venimace, mm-hmm. yeah. um Leon. Where do you think he'll end up? Well, there was a,
3: there was mention of him going to China, but I think he turned that down because he wanted to stay in Europe. So,
0: I played to him. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah, I've heard Olympiacos is the is the best one, but I mean, do you think maybe he's holding up for a move to um to France?
0: No, I think the French move would make the most sense, wouldn't it?
3: Well, there was talk about him going to Angers.
0: Angers, yeah, oh, Angers, yeah, even Lyon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other outgoing, um, apart from who we've mentioned, uh, young defender. Tommy O'Connor, he's off to Gillingham on loan again. Yes. Yes, I forgot about that one. Well, don't care.
3: OK, then, I think that's it. I think we have to check in with Tim and West Brom.
0: We apologise for the sound quality of this interview.
3: OK, then, on to the West Brom game from just a few hours ago. Helping us go through it, we have, of course, Tim. Tim, how are you? Busy week for you.
2: Ah, uh, it's been busy, but I'm able to enjoy the beach this weekend. Happy to be able to take a little bit of R and R and get away from things, which has been wonderful. And uh, I'm over here on Outer Banks, and went to this fun place called Ocracoke Island. It was the really cool, unique experience because I've never taken a car ferry before. So, I mean, I'm sure if you guys went to, you know, Isle of uh, Isle, Isle of. I have white. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it'd be no, it's a normal thing for you. But for me, this is like a 10-person a car where you're going to a, an island that has 850 people on it type of thing. It's oh. pretty cool.
3: I've seen your pictures on Instagram. It looks really good. And then, you you know, we've got to tear you away from that, and you've got to speak to us and talk about West Brom.
2: That's okay. It's, uh, it's, it's raining today,
0: so that was never a big issue. Uh,
3: <laughs> it's raining here as well. What about you, Kev? Is it raining for you?
0: It was an absolutely fucking glorious day uh, today in Moscow, and I was a little bit disappointed that uh, I was stuck, in, stuck indoors watching the match, but at least it was a fairly decent one uh, to excuse me. But, but yeah, it's lovely. Ah, oh, okay.
3: Um, right, we'll open up with uh, Tim's teaser.
0: All
2: right. So for this week's Would You Rather, would you rather never have to feel tired, hungry, or thirsty? Now you'll still need to do, you'll still need to sleep, you'll still need to eat, and you'll still need to drink. But you'll never have to feel tired, hungry, or thirsty.
0: Tired. <laughs> okay. Because um, I'm I, always I just, feeling tired. So <laughs> I can see why you said that. Yeah. Tiredness kills. True. Yeah. Although you know, I mean, I don't know what I'd do without uh, feeling tired. What would you just stay up all, all night? Yeah.
3: That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: I c- kind of need all of those senses, really.
3: Yeah. That's why it's tough. Yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to say tired.
0: I'm, I'm probably going to say hungry because I thought I'm the sort of person who for, would forget to eat. I definitely need a, <laughs> a breakfast, so um, not feeling hungry wouldn't get in the way of that.
2: Okay. And what about you, Tim? Uh, yeah, it's going to be tired. Um, obviously, according to this, though, you need to, you still need to be able to sleep, but that grogginess, that lethargic like, feeling after a couple hours waking up, and if you haven't drank a couple cups of coffee, uh, you never really have to worry about that, where... Hunger and thirst are actually good to have to know that hey I need to eat some food or hey I need to drink some uh, drink some water, but uh, being tired it's like it just it's more of, it's a drag you down yes. and it's it, 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 it's just better.
0: Yes, I'm with you on that one. Still does remind you that you need to sleep though. <laughs>
3: yeah, they can remind me well, what, but I still ain't going to get it though, am I? It's just I, I'd like to be able to feel better.
0: Uh, you got you got three three kids the um in the equation there as well.
3: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, straight away. Um, Tim, injury report. We don't really have any injuries this week to report, do
2: we? Uh, no, we don't. But coming back in, uh, Redmond was obviously the one who was previously injured. Uh, last match, I did talk about how the different prones and movement when it comes to ankle injuries, but uh, the my my prediction was is that he was going to be out through the actual international break and then the secondary uh, guess was that he was going to be on the bench, which is what ended up happening today. So it, he looked pretty decent i was watching dj and then i was watching redmond as my focal players of the game to see how it goes and uh i could definitely tell he was, he, he didn't seem a hundred percent but he definitely seemed fine and good enough that for that 30 minutes on he did very well
3: yeah well, that's it's good to say but yeah i didn't think they were going to risk him either i thought you know I, I originally thought he was going to be just on the bench to uh and be included if we needed him i still don't think we needed him but never mind um on to the game then, uh, heading in to this one. Good record against the Baggies, winning our last three Premier League games and once in the FA Cup. Um, and a good record against promoted teams in general, the last 18 games against promoted sides, right? Five consecutive draws, followed by five consecutive defeats, and now eight consecutive wins. Well, of course, make that nine. And last season we had 18 points against the promoted sides, of course. So, yeah. The uh, 11, then, unchanged from that Burnley win. McCarthy, Walker-Peters, Bednarik, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Romelu, Gineppo, Adams and Ings, the bench of Stevens, Long, Redmond, Oberfemi, Valerie, Smallbone and Forster. I guess, then, Tim, I'll start with you. The only surprise was that inclusion of Nathan Redmond on the bench, otherwise, you know, you don't need to change anything.
2: No, with what you succeeded in against Burnley, uh, fairly similar uh, team. They set back in a 5-4-1, where Burnley were in that traditional 4-4-2 long ball. Um, they tried to play through using Diangana and Pereira, but overall uh, the, they were in the right position, and they, they didn't get caught in that high line like they
0: did in Tottenham.
3: Yeah. Uh, and Mush, what you expected, I imagine?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Ralph has his preferred eleven, and that's it. Ribbons it's good to see him back on the bench. About it, really, isn't it? Were well, you surprised to see him on the bench? Uh, a little bit. I mean, we weren't really sure about his fitness. were he we? question mark. He could be available, or he could have been available today, or wait until the international break. But um, he did come on. He seemed fine, and mm. um, I think I think we'll be all right the other side of the international break.
3: Yeah, unless more we'll Prowse and. Things get injured in that game, but yeah, that's another thing. Um, the one thing I did notice actually with the West Brom side was they changed their five at the back to a four and brought in Edwards to help out on the attack. And that said to me, okay, fuck it, they're going for this one. They, they can see this as a, as a win. They, they want to, you know, they want they want to push on and try and, and, and try and beat us, which you know they should. But I also could work in our favour, could you know, spaces could have opened up. But that's the way I saw West Brom side because you looking at their previous, uh, previous previous Premier League fixtures. They had five at the back in all of them. I'm not, I'm not sure what they had in their, um, in their cup game. But, yeah, switching to a four at the back says to me, okay, we've got to go for this.
0: Yeah, but they didn't.
3: <laughs> no, they, they, they didn't. Well, they did in the, in the second half. They changed things up in the second half. Yeah. But, but I mean, we'll, we'll start in the first half, if I may. <laughs> uh, two, two chances for us in that first ten minutes then. Ryan Bertrand had a, had a sight, uh, as did Stuart Armstrong. Um, both probably should have done better, Mesh.
0: Yeah, uh, it was... I mean, it's quite a decent save-off of Bertrand, but maybe he could have picked out a better spot for it. Um, but, yeah, that was only a few minutes in, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, then Armstrong has a, a shot wide a couple of minutes later. And, yeah, then probably one of the one of the best chances that wasn't converted in the first half.
3: Half uh, that
0: one, didn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, and, Tim, there was that, uh, that chance that we created just after that, I'd say. We've heard about the 20-minute mark. And that cross-field ball started from, from Yannick Vestergaard. And then Kyle walker Peter slots the ball in. It comes off a Ajayi. Um, and, and Johnston makes the save. Adams on the rebound. And then he makes the save again. But that was, it was nice. It was pleasing because um, ur- urgency from Vestergaard in possession switched play and you know saw an opening and you know we look dangerous then
2: you know that's how all of the main goals leading up to that where basically it was a big through ball from kwp all the way into either adams or ings and then leading to it so the three goals uh that the one we had at tottenham not including the penalty kick uh mm. the burnley one um th- those were it like that's like that's their move and so to me they've got that connect you know that connect that run a play investor guard with his distribution saw a cross field hit with uh with walker peters running up the wing uh doing very well he scrambled in got the ball and they had the chance but uh, they didn't they didn't succeed but it uh it definitely showed promise for the rest of the game with what's what's what was about to happen
3: yeah, but the, the one thing that scared me, guys, was that West Brom did look quite dangerous on the counter. So it mm. looked like they were going to try and keep the shape, but they, you because know, we seemed in complete control in those first 20 minutes in terms of possession and, indeed, chances created. But there was always this part that thought, oh, OK, are we good enough to break them down? Is it going to be another Crystal Palace? And, you know, if West Brom get the ball, they've got some dangerous players there. They've got Pereira and Diangana and, and that can, you know, can cause us problems on the counter. And it looked like... They were going to be able to be able to do that early on.
2: We've always had a history, or at least last year, seeing that the teams that did sit back, uh, we had a hard time breaking them down compared to the ones who are who are on the out out and out attack. So seeing that they were seeing that they were sitting back and definitely open for the counter, it definitely um, it felt that things were going to break down at some point. Uh, fortunately, they didn't, but it definitely showed promise, especially with the two outside wings of uh, Pereira and Diangana.
3: Uh, Kev, the, there was a header from uh, Ings from a free kick. Um, good free kick, I might add. Uh, but a fantastic mm-hmm. save from uh, from Sam Johnston in goal. Pretty, pretty much the difference between the two of them.
0: So, yeah, it was a great yeah. save. and If it wasn't for their keeper, though, I mean, they could have been a couple of goals down sure, by yeah. then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean that, that um, Adams. I mean, he had he had quite a few chances there. He doesn't really seem to be doesn't have that, that sort of confidence to. Um, to take the shots calmly. Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm with I, you
3: there, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, it's worrying because he's getting back into that form that he was at the beginning of uh, last season. But yeah, yeah it was a, I mean, it was a great free kick, brilliant header, and yeah, a wonderful save to, to keep it nil-nil at that point.
3: Yeah, and then another, we had the corner and another really, really good free, uh, corner, sorry, from, uh, from James Prowse putting it right in the uh, danger zone. Nothing came of it. Um, but I, mean, I guess we could sense at that point, Kev, that it was a matter of time.
0: Yeah, the momentum was definitely in, in our favour. Um, I think West Brom had what, one or two shots in that first half. Um,
3: yep. They didn't
0: really seem to be troubling us at all. And yeah, well, They, they you know they were trying to, um, to catch us on the break, but not really making anything of it. And I thought our defence done really well, um, especially Yannick Westergaard's kind of, again, eliminated that aerial option for them.
3: Yeah, um, it looked like that was their game plan, wasn't it? As you say, just keep the shape and then just catch us on the counter. But they did seem to struggle getting the ball out of the half because not just Festica, but Romelu was great at breaking down the play and, and yeah. James Will too, stopping, stopping most of that. Because, I say, we saw possession. The possession stats were largely in our favour. But it was really pleasing for us because we could sense that something was coming. And every single time West Brom tried to break... It was broken down and we were straight back on the attack again. You know, winning the ball back with ease, it seemed, and creating those chances.
0: Yeah, and the, the lion's share of the chances went to Shea Adams, who, yeah, again, <laughs> just, um, I don't know, maybe wasn't, he got up on the right and wrong side of the bed or something, but, yeah, kept scuffing him wide or, you know, mistiming his runs and
3: yeah, he should have done better up with offside.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, the offside run was poor. But that shot, he should have done a lot better. He should have been... I mean, he hit it from just outside the box, didn't he? He should be testing the keeper there.
0: Yeah, I just scuffed it wide.
3: But I think we said last week that he's a confidence player. He might just need that one goal, and that will start him off. And we saw it last season. How long did he take to get that goal? He got it against City, then he couldn't stop scoring for a bit. So maybe, you know, just give him one, and we'll we'll see how it goes. I don't think he's... I think he played well, Kev. I think he was brilliant. No,
0: they're a good front pairing, and... uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worrying that, you know, you've got two brilliant fast-paced players and they were piling on the pressure on West Brom, uh, but it's still not making anything out of the chances. And we did say that we need to get more goals from midfield. So, mm. very reassuring that the goal did come from midfield.
3: Do, do you think then, if we, you know, if we weren't playing West Brom, we could have been in trouble in this one? No disrespect to West Brom, but someone with, you know, a team with better quality up front, especially defensively, if we don't take those chances, you are going to get punished in the Premier League. Fortunately, we weren't today.
0: I mean, quite, quite possibly we'll see in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: Tim, that, um, there was a chance that really got me out of my seat for a bit. Um, I think you know what I'm going to say. is when, uh, There was a link-up play between Ryan Bertrand and Danny Ings down the left, um, and Johnston was off his line. Danny A's had a volley.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, in the thirtieth minute I've got it down here. Yes. It was just a ridiculous volley. It would he probably cleared it by about three feet off the the top on the opposite corner. But oof, that would have been good. Um uh, it reminded it really reminded me of that uh, volley that he had that he barely that he that went off the crossbar. It was against Leicester last year when they were playing at Leicester, where it was just an absolute dis- destruction of a ball. Like if it went in it would have been Get goal of the year pretty pretty close to it any type of volley like that he's he's got he's got the ability for it and that's really cool and i was hoping for it but it didn't it didn't go in but um more props for trying
3: yeah i think danny showed us something a little bit different today because though he didn't score he was he was very good all around the park he was playing deep in that second half because you know the way that west Brom started that second half so he had to Um, And a few little flick-ons he did um, to set up the play and then you know helping the build-up. As I say, he wasn't he didn't score, but it's just so important for us, isn't he?
2: Tim, the the goal, the Musa gineppo goal, talk us through it. Once again, and hit uh, their, they did a counter, and then we hit a counter-press. And the way I describe it is the defense, especially the midfield of Romeo and uh, JWP, they like to knacker the, the guys. Basically, they like to get up close, be aggressive, but not necessarily take a, you know, be really, 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 like, uh, causing to get that yellow card, but kind of get in their face and just kind of throw them off mm. their... Uh, throw them off the path. At that point, what what ended up happening was they pushed it up to a three-on-three. Gineppo, Adams, and Ings were up there. Ings went to Adams. Adams uh, tried to cross it, got deflected. Uh, Gineppo was right there, took the ball down, did his one-two, used his his clinical like uh, talents and his uh, good on-the-ball skills, took that extra touch, and went cross, cross goal and scored it and it was fantastic. Unsighted, great unsighted, great, unsighted, great yeah. individual team play at the beginning and then individual play, uh, individual, individual success from him.
3: Brilliant, yeah. Um, say Johnston was probably a little bit unsighted, That was unfair on him. But Kev, was there a part of you that thought he'd, uh, he's taken too many touches there? He's wasted this. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of
0: showing off his flair there, you know, with the, yeah. the dummy and the twists. And, um, yeah, trying to turn. it mean, yeah, he takes it on his left, but, yeah. Wonderful strike. Very good
3: goal. Very, very pleasing. Uh, how amazing. many legs did it have to go through? <laughs> <laughs> it was a deserved leap. But I was relieved because, you know, of how promising we looked as well. And, you know, there was, there was a doubt that I thought, oh, God, because this is just the way I am, that we're not going to be able to break them down. But I think the timing of that goal was was so crucial as well, because if we had gone in at the break at 0-0, you know, we saw how West Brom started the second half. This could have been, this could have had draw written all over it if that goal hadn't had gone in. So, yeah. Incidentally, that was Gineppo's first goal at St. Mary's on his 13th home appearance. So, yeah, nice one. Um, Enjoyable half, actually, I I thought. And it was a rare situation when you can say that I'm happy, you know, with the chances that we've created and, you know, keeping possession. And I felt that something was coming. So, yeah, it was was an enjoyable half, I thought. And I do have some stats for you at halftime. 66% possession, uh, nine shots to their two, five on target to their one and three clearances to their six. So, you know, plus they picked up a yellow card um, because they weren't able to deal with our uh, our fast-paced break. Um, But, yeah, second half, no changes for us. There was no need, I guess, but uh, one from Billich, and that was Sam Field came on for Kyle Edwards, but, you know, I didn't really see the point in that, unless he had a knock. I'm not, I'm unsure. Um, But as I mentioned before, West Brom, they only started the second half really well, Kev.
0: Yeah, um, they can. Controlled the play pretty much from the off, I and mean, we, we if we were quite comfortable with in that first half. I uh, wasn't feeling particularly comfortable in the second. You no. thought that, I mean, I don't know what he, exactly he, he said there, but um, yeah, he definitely put the shits up. And
3: mm,
0: oh yeah, well, I think Slavin Village has got that in him, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I w- wouldn't wouldn't like to be uh, on the other side of a Slavin village team talk. And then um, Gennaro
3: picked up that book in? stupid tackle, really um. And yeah. they had a quick chance as well, didn't they, when it, um, it took a deflection off of um, Kai Walker Peters, and that's right, it went straight to Hacker yeah. and had to readjust. And Actually, I want to I hear Tim's. At, Uh, opinion on that readjustment from mecca
2: so his footwork there is is great because he immediately saw it and he the the biggest point was uh his the angle in which he put his foot out he didn't put it directly to the side he put it from if you're looking straight ahead probably about 10 o'clock on if you're looking at a clock Mm -hmm. just to that and then hit a hard uh hard heel into the ground allowing that to uh, knowing that where the ball was going to hit and to get a deflection. So how the deflection went went about completely cleared the area and there wasn't any close ability for them to, you know, easily knock it in. And then the defense was there to be able to handle any immediate counter or quick shot after it. So it was great play. And the unique thing of when you're thinking of his left foot. He drilled his heel into the ground and pushed it away. That is a a top-tier goalie move.
0: (laughs) Is that something that you could pull off to?
2: I can... I'm not going to be able to get that that heavy heel in, but what I'll be able to do is kind of... I'll be able to drop, and it'll it'll end up more being... uh, No. No, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, It would be close. It'd probably be like... 75% 75% as effective, if I'm lucky. Um, I wouldn't be able, the from that spot. I wouldn't have been able to clear it like that. Like he was able to get the, the clear off the ball. I would have. More, it would have more would have been just kind of either stop right there or a subtle deflection forward. Um, and that's to say that I get my foot out fast enough, which would be is, is a challenge within itself enough.
0: Um, Straight <laughs> into the A and E with a twisted ankle.
3: Yeah, we played five-a-side football just before lockdown. Didn't we Kev and I saw your your skills. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, West Brom was seeing a lot more of the ball, and I think it was clear that Dean Garner was told to get involved a little bit more. They were getting the ball to him a little bit more. Um, the free kicks were coming in, which which put the shitters up me, Kev, uh, because I don't think we can defend properly on um, on set pieces, and it looked like it was going to happen. Um, and and then I, I, I texted you. Kev during this, like Redmond came on 10 minutes into the second half, which surprised me because, I mean, I, I, I discussed it, as I said, I don't know if it's because Musa picked up that yellow card or whether, he, you know, Ralph was just so eager to get Redmond some some minutes to get some fitness back, but for me it just it just seemed, it didn't seem warranted
0: No, I mean, if you had a bet on that, um, one player is uh, going to get a yellow card and be subbed off and the other one's going to score a screamer um, I think you'd probably put it the other way around, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Between yes. Gineppo and Ramir. Yes, but you are right. Yeah. yeah, I mean I said it I said it last week that you know Gineppo does have a little there's a bit of um a risk to to have in there. Um And his, Tim also
3: said last week that, you know, defensively, Gineppo's not there yet.
0: His tactical fouls are, yeah, they're not particularly subtle, let's say. Um <laughs> so yeah, accident waiting to happen.
3: Yeah. Okay, so that's what you, you think it was just because of that?
0: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: I think he had a poor game, honestly. Uh, I He took him off because it was a tactical need. He was not making the runs that he was uh, necessary, and he there was not very much of a link-up play going with uh with him and uh, Bertrand, you'd see that he he plays much more as a left wing than the true left attacking midfield that's required, the two-way player. And I think I'll talk about how Re- – I always talk about how Redman can go back and forward, whereas Janeppo knows how to go forward and adds that c- character in the flair. So the off-the-ball runs that he's making aren't exceptional. So seeing all of that and in – where and actually we're in the goal – uh, that he was at in the positioning he should have been out wider and there was a uh defender um that was a little bit uh outward uh to, closer towards midfield that he he pretty much would have been near there but he was farther ahead than he needed to be fortunate enough though that's how the goal was scored but overall i think he's had Really poor positioning the entire game, and the Redmond uh, the Redmond switch was necessary because of the two way, and especially since we were up one zero, you wanted that uh, you wanted that two way presence rather than Gineppo trying to go for a go for a double.
0: I, I'm looking at his heat map now. Um, I mean Redmond is pretty much in in the middle of that left wing, um, attacking in an location, whereas Gineppo is just looks like our formation basically is absolutely everywhere.
3: We had to change it up a little bit because they, they were attacking a lot more and it looked you know Ings was playing much deeper as I said. Um and I was just thinking then this it's not going to be one nil, you know they have got an equalizer in them and uh, do saints have a second. And I think that you know Glenn Hoddle said it right on commentary that uh, saints are going to need their second and he was right. Um but at that point maybe were, we weren't we weren't close to the second and West Brom were making they were making positive attacking subs as well and, 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 you know, generally getting on with the game and not wasting. And, you know, I've got written down in my notes on 65 minutes, it was worrying times, which seems really, really hard to believe at that point because, you know, because of the outcome of the game and how comfortable it seemed at full time. Um, but then just after that, of course,
0: Romayu, Kevin. <laughs> just out of nowhere. I mean, uh, the build-up was, uh, was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Again, Walker Peters instrumental in that. Um, Playing off uh, Redmond, puts it forward to Armstrong, makes his way right to the line and sends in a cross back. (laughs) Romeo takes it on the volley (laughs) just with the tips of his toes and and stabs it in from the edge of the area. I mean, I've never seen anything like it.
3: Romeo thinks he's Paul Skulls, but yeah, um, um, important. <laughs> yeah. important goal in a very very important time and it was just yeah it's a beauty it's a corker as they used to say um and, and very very surprising and you know that was ending a run of 43 games without a goal so yeah well done Romelu uh Tim what did you think of the goal
2: uh I didn't think he had it in him to do that <laughs> I didn't realize that he had the ability to jump that high. He's always been one of he's always laying on the ground tackling people let alone trying to hit a volley off the air and basically almost a toe poke is the way it looked like it went in off of it and yep. the, also the guy was right there too. Uh the defender was right next to him. So not only to be able to pull a volley off that was uh exceptional and it was in the 69th minute which is always nice. So I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sixty nine <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Props to him.
3: Yes. Um. Not much happened after that, to be honest. Um, not a great deal. as I say Long came on for Shea with with about ten minutes to go. But for me, it was just you know seeing it out, keeping shape, don't do anything stupid. No more yellow cards. Um. Yeah, looking comfortable from that point then, guys.
0: Yeah. Again, doing doing what needs to be done.
3: Yeah, what needed to be done in the Tottenham game.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And, yeah, that, that high line, do you think it's gone for good?
3: Yeah. I think there's a place for it. There's a time and place.
0: Yeah, just not against Spurs.
3: And, yeah, not when you're already losing. But, yeah.
0: Seeing
2: that they got rid of the high line, or they just retreated a little bit more. Uh, Vestergaard, once again, taking care of everything in the air. Kelm Robinson, uh, Robinson didn't have it didn't have it in them to get past Vestergaard. Vestergaard had some great play going around uh, with the ball distribution. Uh, it looked too easy, but then again, West Brom is expected to be relegated at, at the end of the year, but those are the games where it's a 2-0 win. You'll take it. It was pretty smooth, and you're like, all right, that sounds good. And then you'll wash your hands, and you're like, all right, let's get ready for Chelsea, and then you're, <laughs>
3: just, you're just like, oh, Back to damn.
2: Damn it. <laughs> all right. It's like, all right, what are we, yeah, so let's plan and go along from there.
3: Yep. So, yeah, three points, another clean sheet. No goals for Danny. And, and five points to me in the predictions as well. So But we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that later. But, yeah, a, sure good, yeah <laughs> a great day uh, all round, really. Very, very pleasing. Um, and there was no mention of our fitness issues again that dogged us down against Palace and, and Brentford. Um, and, in fact, Ralph has praised the, you know, the perfect pressing. So.
2: He was definitely there. Uh, I saw that by the 45th minute they're still closing in Danny in the 85th minute, just trucking it hard, trying to get a, trying to be on top of things. Very much a fan. Did
3: you say trucking hard?
2: Trucking hard. Yes. Okay.
3: <laughs> Head in the guy. I okay, got some stats then 61% possession, 13 shots to their five, seven of which on target. So we led on passes, crosses, dribbles, corners, recoveries, and basically any other attacking stat that you can think of. So as I say, very, very pleasing result. Uh, Pleasing uh, on the stat sheets, also. Um, man of the match, Kevin. Your turn to go first. I'm really, really intrigued to hear you, you guys uh, what you have to think of, what you have to say about this.
0: Okay, I mean, uh, again, just purely on instinct of um, how I felt watching the match, um, I'd probably give it to Carl Walker Peters. I think he was instrumental, not only in each of the goals, but in getting the getting the ball forward. I mean, Armstrong was wonderful. Uh, as well. Uh, <laughs> I could Romayu. Uh, there, there's so many uh, players that could be getting this, but yeah, I'm going to give it to Carl Walker. Yeah, I,
3: I'm, well, I'm, I'm very pleased with, with Vestergaard's form. Uh, someone on Twitter said, I can't remember it was, I should have written this down, but said that, does Vestergaard have a shorter haired, more handsome twin <laughs> as he had <laughs> on this, this entire time? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like the um, like the anti samson isn't he? But yeah, um, I thought Adams was, was pretty solid. I thought he was good. It just needed to,
0: you know... unfortunate that. in front of goal. Yeah, it just
3: needs to take those chances. Kyle Walker-Peters as well. I was going to give it to Kyle Walker-Peters because I thought he was fantastic, like you say, Kev, because um, he, you know, continues to be prominent at both ends of the pitch. But I'm going to give it to Oriol Romelu, I think, because, you know, a plethora of broken tackles, interceptions, his passes and his blocks, and plus what a goal. I think he deserves it from the goal alone. So, yeah... I'm going to give it to Romeo, and I think that's the first time I've ever given him a man of the match, so yeah.
0: And no um, yellow card either.
3: And no yellow card,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, surprisingly enough, I've always been the uh, the biggest criti- critical person when it comes to Romeo, but uh, when it comes to the play of West Brom, uh, I, you know, he was knackering it, getting in there, getting some interceptions left and right, he was all over the place, and against a team like uh, West Brom, he can definitely thrive, and so... Take that, combine the uh, the world worldy the volley that he did, <laughs> and I'll give it to him. But Kyle Walker-Peters definitely deserves it, along with the centre back pair. Uh, they're looking at another another shutout, which is which is always great.
3: It's good, isn't it? It's really really good when you can. T- I just feel a little bit sorry for uh, for Jack Stevens now.
0: He's done that much wrong, is it?
3: No, he? No, he he had a well, He hasn't been great, but then again, neither was Bednarek in the first a few games. But now it looks like Vestergaard's here to stay. While he while while he's playing like this, you know, why not? Don't don't need to change it.
2: Uh, about how Stevens was looking really bad and people were uh, hammering on him right at the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden there's a massive turnaround when he went when he switched back to the the, the fourth the back rather than the five. And then Stevens all of a sudden came on board and was looking really good. So this could be Vestergaard's change over this year where he was not so good last year. And then now he's trickling back in, uh, finding his, um, his, his rhythm.
3: Yeah, it's going to be Badenarik's turn next. <laughs> um, position at the time of recording, and we sit in 10th top half of the table on six points. So yeah, that could all change today because a lot of games going on as we speak. <laughs>
1: Just can't wait to
3: get on the road again. The long and winding road. I'm
1: back on the road again. Going away. I'm on the road
0: again.
2: We're
1: on the road. Beyond the road to... Stanford Bridge.
3: No show next week due to the international break, uh, but on the back end of that, Preparations begin on that Chelsea game the following Saturday. At the moment, anyway, it's scheduled for Saturday, the 17th of October. It's scheduled for a 3 p.m. kickoff. Um, maybe it could be switched for prime time viewing. I don't know. Um, Chelsea, then, Tim, have you been impressed with their start? Because, I mean, we all know how they've been spending Abramovich's money in the off season. So they've had Ziyech, Werner, Chilwell, Thiago Silva, Havertz, Mendy, to name a few. That's over 200 million. Um, I know Thiago Silva was free as well, but then they had the likes of Pedro, Willian out for free. Maratta went out uh, to Atletico. Um, big big turnaround. I'm, I'm quite jealous, actually. But um, Do we really expect them to make that jump on, on Liverpool or even City at this point?
2: When you throw all those guys together into the, into the team, especially with all of the attacking firepower, uh, it's all about figuring out exactly who plays where, what's going to go on, because the, the depth is phenomenal. And, I, you know, it's trying to be able to fit them all in. Zikesh, is that how you pronounce it? Zayesh. Okay. Zayesh, thank you. He hasn't, I mean, he's been out for injury. Polisic, he's been out for injury so far. And he's still got Tammy Abraham, uh, Mason Mount. You've got Callum hudson Adoy. got uh, as well. Giroux. Loftus-Cheek. Uh, uh, yeah, you've, been, you've got Hopefully not. Loftus cheek, Kai Haveritz, uh Timo Werner Werner. I I mean, that's just ridiculous when it comes to their opportunity. So what I'm really hoping for is Interest, in, well, <laughs> but more more so that they say. They still haven't continued to find that rhythm, especially coming back after the international break. And sure, and with, yeah,
3: with no with no preseason as well to get them molded together.
2: With three, they have three international matches. So Kai and Werner are going to be gone. Uh, Abraham's going to be out. Um, Giroud's going to be in for France. Ziech, he's he's not going to be. easily injured. So uh, you, you got a lot of those guys who are going to hopefully not get a get knocked out of their rhythm because they're playing for their international squad.
3: Yeah, and Kev, they you know last season that the areas that they struggled in was that, that they need that number nine. I know you could argue that Giroud picked up that mantle towards the end of the season, but Tammy Abraham wasn't gonna, never gonna cut it as a as a top class striker for them. Really, you know, um, and the goalkeeper, uh, which they've addressed now. Yeah. So you've got Timo Werner and they've got this Mendy. So yeah, they, they've addressed those areas, much to the same that Liverpool did. And look what happened to them.
0: Yeah, but I mean, th- again, they didn't do it in their first season, did they? I mean, they had their teething problems as well. Sure. So like, it's just, you know...
3: Yeah, it's like what Tim said, like, they need to they need to mesh, they need time to... You, you, when you've got that bigger turnaround and all those big egos, something's going to have to give, surely. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, especially the keeper, I mean, that was maybe seen as a weakness before. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how quickly can, can he adapt to the style of play? But, um, I mean, they seemed to demolish Palace quite well at the weekend, didn't they?
3: <laughs> they did, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit, bit of a worry. Because as I say, they opened up with a win at Brighton, and then they, um, they have to take on the champions, and they got beat 2-0. Um, and then they went to West Brom, and, and, you know, 3-0 down in the first half, they come out to scrape a point, to say, that Palace game that you mentioned. Yeah, and they've already been knocked out of the Carabao Cup already as well, which could prove massive for them um, in terms of, like, you know, fixture.
0: Congestion.
3: Congestion, thank you. Um, Uh, And they can, you know, they can really focus now on the Premier League, which is what they need to do to close
0: that gap on City and Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, they were quite an exciting team last season. I kind of felt, I like like the sort of underdog quality. You've got a very young team, young manager, and um, I think they outperform people's expectations with that transfer embargo. But, yeah, now that Abramovich has got his checkbook out, I, don't, I think they will be a force to be reckoned with at some point. It's just in that, the coming years, yeah, sure. What, what point in the season are they, are they going to have that turnaround if it is this season?
3: <laughs> Hopefully not on the 17th, anyway. Um, but, yeah, we, we played them in early October last year, too, at St. Mary's, and we were ripped apart 4-1, but redemption on Boxing Day at the bridge with that fantastic 2-0 win. Um, but how do we see this one playing out, then? Predictions... Um, Tim, I'll start with you.
2: Oh, man, put me on the spot here. Let's yeah. go with um, let's go with two one Chelsea win unfortunately.
3: okay, locked in two one Chelsea, Kevin, you are next.
0: Um, I think we're gonna get knobbed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh it's it's gonna be three one Chelsea.
3: Oh, Kevin, Kevin, I've got exactly the same here.
0: Mm.
3: I think three one Chelsea also, I think we will get a. Cancellation. um yeah tim that's it thank you very much i know all right you're on your holidays at the moment and you're away so yeah i really do appreciate you um taking the time and uh talking to us today about west brom this, so yeah
2: this is fun especially when it's after a win it's pretty easy
3: oh yeah it would have been really really bad if the if the weather had been amazing today and you're missing out on it and you have to come and talk about a five nil loss at home to west brom but you know
0: yeah all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't well, want to be
3: here today, you guys. But, yeah. Right. So yeah, thanks very much.
2: No, all right, guys. I'll take it. Uh, I'll, I'll see, talk to you guys in two weeks.
0: Yes, yes. Have a all good right. two weeks. Looking right. forward to it. always a pleasure. Have a great journey home. Thank, Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks to Tim.
3: Yeah, as always. Um, I will now hand you over to our Chelsea fan, Mikey from At The Bridge Pod. <laughs>
1: What's up, everyone? It's Mikey from At The Bridge Pod.
3: Hey, Mikey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Can you start us off by telling us about your amazing transfer business this season, uh, uh, the limited pre-season, and your expectations for the season ahead?
1: Our transfer business has been absolutely incredible for, I think, any club in the current situation going on. When you look at, obviously, the pandemic and how it's impacted all the different clubs financially, Chelsea have sort of... They've kind of got away with one because obviously last season we had the transfer ban. And because of that, we've got a lot of money in reserve. You know, we only really signed Mateo Kovacic. And in January, we almost had our own transfer embargo sort of thing because we didn't actually sign anyone. So we've had that money ready for this summer. And obviously, it's put us in a really strong position because other clubs can't spend the money. You look at the likes of Ziyech, Werner, Havertz, the attacking talent there, along with Pulisic, obviously we signed a season and a half ago. It's absolutely... It's outstanding. That attacking talent, it's world-class. It's just going to take a little bit of time to gel, unfortunately. The pre-season, we didn't really get one. I mean, no club truly did because of obviously how quick the schedule turnaround has been. Obviously, we played Brighton, Drew, didn't we, in the end. thing is, it's, it's a difficult one. You know, if we'd have had a better pre-season, you would have probably said Chelsea would be in a more advantageous position. You know, you need that pre-season to get everyone together to learn each other's methods and going forward it's it's kind of essential a pre-season truly is but then you can also look too much into pre-season I feel. You know, there's one year that Spurs I think won every game and then they were fighting relegation until Harry Redknapp came in which, you know, crazy. And Liverpool I think was it a year ago that They were in a position where they lost all their pre-season games, put in poor performances and then went on to win the the Champions League, or it was the league title, I can't remember which year they had that poor pre-season. Our expectations for the season have to be top four, I mean, I'd say top three, because of the talent we've got on display, you can't sign the players we've signed and not have such high expectations. Realistically, we also need to go deep into the Champions League, just to show that when we're getting to that next stage in our development and hey silverware's lovely if we could lift a trophy obviously we're at the caribou cup but if we could lift like the fa cup that would be obviously just what a lovely end to a it's going to be a, a very tightly packed scheduled season
3: and tell us about how you've how you've started this campaign i mean the fight back against west brom was incredible um, and you know what are your thoughts on on lampard
1: so far we've started the campaign it's, it's been an interesting start i've looked i've watched every game of course i have and it's it's been frustrating at times as well as positive. You know, we, we started off with three one win over Brighton. It was a reasonably good game. I, I felt we had, you know, showed burst of that attacking forward line that we've obviously we've signed. The Liverpool game, silly red card, you know, Andreas Christensen, forgetting he, he plays he plays soccer and not um, NFL American football. You know, and he absolutely brings Mane to the ground and that changes the whole game and maybe we would have got a point out of it who knows but still a defeat game in the League Cup against Barnsley obviously it's only Barnsley but Habert showed his ability the players were looking really good again it is championship opposition so maybe not too looking into that but obviously then we had the Tottenham game didn't kill off the opponent and then obviously the 3-3 draw with West Brom the second half is the positive I have to take because if you look at the first half, it was one of the worst 45 minutes of football I've ever seen my club play. Which, you know, you don't want to be saying that when you've got the talent we have on display. My thoughts on Lampard at the moment. You know, you've you've got to give this guy time. You know, we're very well known for pulling the trigger and getting a new manager in. Especially, you know, at the moment, you've got the likes of Allegri and Pochettino available. They haven't got jobs at the moment. And, you know, any club would be lucky to have either of those two managers I think they're some of the finest world-class managers in the game right now but we keep talking about this long-term project stability and we look at what Lampard did last season and you have to give managers time but that is not football in the modern day time is kind of a, a premium you don't get a lot of it if you it's a results business if you're not bringing those results in you you, you are at risk of being uh, removed from your post. So hopefully the results, you know, turn around because there's so many positives I've seen in the different games.
3: So last time round, then, you destroyed us at St. Mary's 4-1, but revenge at the bridge on Boxing Day. What can we expect this time around?
1: The last time, obviously, we played Southampton was at St. Mary's and 4-1. Wow, great game, great result. Boxing Day, so it was a fantastic knockout result bandomdems <laughs> but yeah i think this time round it's going to be a really good game we've got danny ings he he just seems to be consistently in good form uh, i mean he's a feel good story in itself he had obviously had his injury issues and he's coming back and he was absolutely outstanding last season and i i'm a big fan of him and i'm and i'm just i'm i'm glad at any player who's obviously suffered the injuries he suffered but to bounce back from it you know you've had a dif- you've had a difficult start you obviously lost to palace And then Brentford, Tottenham. And you've only just won your first game. But, you know, like I said earlier, you've got Danny Ings. And with Danny Ings, he scores goals. And you've got James Ward-Prowse, again, an incredible, incredible player. Great on dead ball situations. And Southampton have always been a side that I feel that they can always trip Chelsea up. Very much so. I'll never forget the game where James Beattie scores so quickly into a game. It just turned the whole game on its head. It was, again, it was a surprise. It was a great finish, but it was one of those surprise... And your foot's off the back, straight from the off, and it's just, you know, you know you're not going to get a result when you you start so slow that Chelsea did and when Southampton started so quick. So it's going to be really interesting. I think that it's going to be probably an end-to-end game. I mean, based on current form, I like to think Chelsea will probably edge it, but it could be a a 3-2-3. 4-3 4-3 you never know and the Premier League's full of goals this season I think Chelsea are going to set up in that classic 4-3-3 three, three, aren't they you'd like to think that Pulisic will be back Ziyech will be back Cause obviously after the international break that's that's really what what I'm hoping for because I want to see Ziyech I want to see Pulisic in the team you know alongside Werner Havertz and the, it's the best you want to see your best players in the best positions going forward and obviously with that it's just the injuries it's so frustrating but Fingers crossed, we have that full setup, and hopefully we we do score a, a good ton of goals because the potential's there for sure. First to, you know, start chalking up big score lines.
3: Uh, can we get a score prediction from you, please?
1: Be nice to keep a clean sheet. It would be uh it'd be really nice. So it's going to be a great one. I think let's go confident, say three nil. But you know, because I'm being nice, it's it's your podcast after all. Go three one. Danny Ings grabs a goal for yourself. A nice consolation goal. So he, it'll be good because he's in my fantasy team, so that'd be fantastic.
3: Now the Moscow mush loves a good fan chant, but what's your favourite that you love to blast out at Stanford Bridge?
1: You know, I see we have some. We get we get a lot of stick for poor chants like Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea's a chant, and yeah, it's not the most inventive. But for me, when I think of what think of when I think of chants or music blasting out at Stamford Bridge, it's got to be the Liquidator. You know, when that plays out and we're walking onto the field, you just, I just absolutely, I'm not a big reggae music fan, but that song it just, just gets me up for a game, and it's, it, it's, it's a special feeling. It really is. And I know that sounds cliche, but it, for me, it's special. It's a special tune.
3: Okay, Mikey, last question. Um, it's a bit of a cheeky one. Would you rather have a Chelsea tattoo on your forehead or West Ham Spurs tattoo on your ass?
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a really good question. It's, it's, it's a ridiculously good question. Um, I suppose, considering my job, I, I can't really have a tattoo on my forehead, so I'd have to go with the buttocks one. But, you know, I, I don't really want a Spurs tattoo. So I suppose it'd have to be a West Ham that's terrible. If it's got to be a West Ham tattoo, Joe Cole, Joe Cole's face—that acceptable? I don't know. He used to play for them, so you know we could do that.
3: That's great, Mikey. Uh, thanks very much for taking part and for being with us today. Um, good luck for the rest of the season, and up the Saints. In
0: that number! Hi, I'm Matt Letitia and thank you for listening to In That Number.
3: Okay, welcome back to the extra time segment. Um, thanks to Mikey from At The Bridge Pod for his insights. And of course, Tim, for giving up his valuable time today. Uh, we'll go into Instagram from the week. Uh, who am I? Uh, lots of people getting this one right. Mark Griffiths, again, first one on our Discord. Cry 1885, Will Door. Nuno B78, Tony Adams, Henry Grigg, John Smith, Reggie Rodway, Mohamed Anwabin, Spaced Files, James Harwood, also getting it spot on. Did you get it right, Kevin? Wasn't? It wasn't. You didn't get it right then. <laughs> it was Kevin Phillips. Um, so yeah. Oh, we, no, no, I didn't get it right at all. Right. You didn't? Oh, okay. All right. Okay, that was good. Yeah, uh, and uh, player steal in the week also. Uh, we had Sam Johnston, Semi Ajayi, Mateus Pereira, and Callum Robinson, or you could pick whomever you choose. Uh, Saints News Now went for Grady Diangana, saying you could add some spice to our wings. Saints nice. FC Hub going with Pereira. Reggie Rodway went for Robinson because of his speed and versatility. Um, there was a pretty easy winner on our poll on, on Instagram as well. It was um, Pereira, raced ahead. Um, Kevin, you went Charlie Austin on Twitter, despite me saying not to.
0: <laughs> yeah, just for shits and giggles, yeah.
3: Um Our very own Tim Bysant's also going for the Angana. Nice variety. So, yeah, mm. that's good. Played for both quiz on Friday. Uh, the answers were... Oh, uh, I, I didn't put up on the Discord, did I? Damn it! Okay. Uh, so the answers were. Do you want me to give you the
0: clues? Oh, go on. Then.
3: Okay, because you haven't seen this, and I can, no. I can I can confirm. Okay, there's five players that have played for both. Okay, so number one, we have Saints uh, two thousand nine to two thousand and fourteen, and then West Brom at two thousand fifteen to sixteen, also played for Liverpool. Oh, uh, Lambert. Well done. Uh, number two, Saints. 2005 to 2006, West Brom 2006 to 2007, also played for
0: West Ham. Oh bloody hell! Um, not going to get this one.
3: Uh, it was Nigel Quasi.
0: God, who, who hasn't he played for? <laughs> uh,
3: number three, Saints 2003 five, West Brom 2006 eight, also played for Aston Villa.
0: Kevin Phillips. It was Kevin
3: Phillips. Yes. Um, number four, Saints 2012 to 17. West Brom 17 to 19. Also played for Burnley. J Rod, it is J Rod. Well done, you're rinsing these. Um, and lastly, Saints 2000 to 2002. West Brom 2001. Also played for Man City. No one got that one. Actually, I think Crychek uh, got this one. Oh fucking
0: hell. Nah.
3: That was uh, German, Juve Rossler.
0: Wow, yeah. I've forgotten him entirely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very good player for Man City in the mid 90s. Very good. Um, now then, Mush, it's, the, it's our first player and goal of the month for the season. So please share this info because I don't know yet.
0: So this is all on you. Player of the month, uh, we were given the choice of KWP, Yannick Vestergaard, Danny Ings, and Nathan Teller. And Danny Ings run away with it this time 53.7% voted for him. Got the absolute majority. Um, a little bit unfair that there was such a big gap, I think. It was pretty comprehensive. So we had a choice of uh, three Danny Ings goals. <laughs> um, One of the guests from the spot. <laughs> um, surprisingly, got 4.3% of the vote. I, I, they must have been getting confused. Uh, but I really enjoyed that Bernie goal, and uh, yeah, I think 27% didn't do it justice. But yeah, 69% voted for Ings's goal against Paris first one uh so yeah well a couple done. of golden trophies in the post to you danny
3: another double for danny Ings.
0: yeah he didn't leave us our address last time did he?
3: no okay well done kev uh predictions then i'm looking forward to this one <sighs> so i went for a two nil saints win did you now <laughs> Did yeah uh, you went for a 3-2 Saints win, so well done, Kev. You got two points for it. Uh, Tim went for a 3-1 Saints win, so he got two points, but not as, as much as me. I got five points because I got it uh, spot on. So, yeah, I don't know if you know, but it was two now. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, leaving, racing into the lead now. Wow. Wow. I mean, leaving the overall scores, me in the lead with five, Tim second with four points, and you bringing up the rear like you used to uh, on two points. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. First points, Kev. Well done. Super six. 14 points for me. Uh, Paul Carpenter wins the week. Uh, fantasy football, Kevin.
0: Do we have to? Mm. Um, I'm currently on at uh, 24 points. Oops. Your team has 29. Oops. You got Callum Wilson. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was saying wow. to you before we recorded, I Should got Callum Wilson, but I didn't captain him. So. I ditched Team Werner
0: because. So did it wasn't I. Very much. I, I was. I thought. I thought that he's absolutely guaranteed. Throw in a hat-trick as soon as I draft him out. that's what
3: I was did. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, Mikey of the Saints Prime podcast, his Lord of the Inks team is top of our podcasters league. He captained Calvert and just like I did. No, I captained Sadio Mane. He's Mane. <laughs> he's come down with the fucking coronavirus. <laughs> um, I should sort that out. But yeah, my vice-captain luckily is... Uh, William, who scored uh, a whole two points for me, so um, wow! I'll just wait for those points to just add on. Yeah, I mean, roll I, mean I, I, on in, yeah.
3: I captained um, Danny Ings this week, so I thought, yeah, he's going to score some goals against West Brom, but um, he got me four points, so yeah. yeah. I still, I still have um, Wamba Saka, Rashford, uh, Bruno Fernandes, and Harry Kane to play. Oh, and um, Alexander-Arnold Alexander and Allison. So Unbelievably,
0: me. I mean, that's it for me. Um, Matt Doherty's going to uh, play United uh, later on, and I've got a Zoe Perez to come in for the injured Mane. that? Yeah, I need to update this team urgently. <laughs> um, quick look at our In That Number podcast league. Uh, oh, just, Adam,
3: a, Kev, just a little announcement. Uh, Doherty's... Um, He's on the bench.
0: Oh, shit. What did that mean?
3: I got Serge Aurier on instead, so uh, he's not playing today.
0: Oh, geez. That means Corbyn Dallas is going to have to come on. And, uh, yeah, he didn't exactly keep his clean sheet. Bloody good job, though, against City. Fair fucks to Leeds. I'm really You mean Stuart it. Dallas? Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to call him Corbyn Dallas okay. for the rest of the season. You try and stop me. All right. Um, and a player that I'd written off, George Baldock, uh, put him right at the bottom of my bench, Got my best points tally at the whole team, so well, fuck you, mate.
3: Um, (laughs) Bad start, Kevin.
0: Quick look at our In That Number podcast league for this season, and it's unchanged at the top. Adam Samuel's Unreasonable FC is top with 232 points. That might change with the update, but uh, Rob Moody's Olympique Mayonnaise and (laughs) Ian Mabey's Loco Gringos are. Not far behind.
3: Okay, uh, Kevin, Russian phrase this week.
0: All right. I think uh, there's a little bit of a theme at the end of this podcast. Um, It's good to see Nathan Redmond's back, albeit on the bench. And it was good to see that Charlie Austin didn't even make the bench with a certain degree of schadenfreude. So (laughs) um, I'm going for a phrase that we, we surprisingly haven't gone for yet. Um, yeah, on the bench. Naskamikia. Naskamikia. That's good, Naskamikia.
3: Naskamikia.
0: And that means on the bench. On the bench. Yeah, which leads me beautifully into... I did warn you last week that I was going to come at you with a song, and here's a little something I prepared earlier. And it's called On the Bench.
3: Take it away from the top.
0: Can you guess what it is now? Jot Whether you play or not Now you're lucky If you start For West Brom On the bench Yeah, yeah Down On the bench Yeah The crewmen signed you, we all jumped for joy. Up front you were Claude Puel's golden boy. But lazy gold hanging ways led to nothing on most days. Now you're paid just to read the racing post on the bench yeah yeah Charlie oh down on the bench yeah down on the bench lucky if you're on the bench yeah where's Charlie oh yeah on the
1: bench It twice, hit me. Well, that's why I've Done Foster. It's a joke. have got about far this, far that.
3: Help the fishers out. Clearly they need help. Clearly, we play in the Premier League. The best league in the world, the most watched league in the world. I give them all the help they need, because clearly it costs us two points a day. The a
0: AR was this is legendary. Park life is always in our memory. You said our fans were shit. But the target you can't hit. Now you're back in the place you love best. On the bench. Yeah. Oh, he's down on the bench. Harrogate Town. On the bench. On the bench.
3: That, that's that, that's epic that's um <laughs> yeah that, that's brilliant well done <laughs> very good um next week then there is no well there's no typical show but we do have something special out regarding the transfers. so look look out for that um as you say transfer window slam shut on monday the fifth um, that's tomorrow probably today as you're as you're listening um however domestic transfers will be allowed to take place up to the 15th um so yeah that, that, that can still happen um And hopefully by then we would have made all our free transfers. So, yeah, uh, um, until next time,
0: up the Saints. Up the Saints. We'll be back. Sports Social Podcast Network.